0: You're listening to The Primal Alternative Podcast, inspiration for your evolution. All right, here we are, episode 97 of The Primal Alternative Podcast with Shan Cooper from My Food Religion. Um, Apologies in advance uh, to anyone who doesn't like swear words or has got children in the car, because this podcast is slightly peppered with a few F-bombs. There won't be any F-bombs during this intro, so that's going to give you enough time to go and dig out your um, earplugs or to (laughs) press pause and tune in at a later date if you've got some little ears in the car that aren't used to um, expletives, okay? So you have been warned. So I have got Shan on the podcast because she's been in the health and wellness space for like ever, so just over a decade. And when I got onto my paleo primal journey, I've always known about my food religion. She's got a massive Instagram following, amazing website with incredible recipes. And you can just tell from her website, her sense of humor, like I seriously have never interviewed anybody that's so, well, that's not fair. Everybody I interview is very passionate and real, but um, I don't think I've chuckled as much, let's just say, in an episode that I did with this one. So sorry if you're like, oh, I hate to shut up because I was just kind of like <laughs> in the background all the way through. So on the show today, Shan is mainly going to talk to us about feeding kids and her approach to health and wellness, um, which might sound fairly average, right, but I love Shan's <laughs> approach because... She, the first ever ebook she did was called "Can't Be Fluffed." It wasn't really called that, but you can work out what it was really called, right? CBF, CBF, can't be beep. So you want to eat pelia, but you can't be beep. Then Shannon is your person. If you want to feed your kids pelia, but you can't be beep, then listen to this episode because it's not just about you know the, her philosophies around how to feed small humans, but also some actual things you can feed them that will not get thrown back at you across the table. So hurrah for that, right? So Shannon is a mum to Grace. She's a foodie and a coffee and bacon addict. She has a background in science and animal health and has done a wellness coaching course. She's done a certificate five in fitness. Well, I might be three. I'm not very really good with Roman numerals. Uh, She's taught boxing classes and the occasional boot camp. She is constantly researching into nutrition and various food religions and loves to learn about food, how our bodies process and respond to it. She's got a massive passion for gut health and cannot get enough of learning about the gut microbiome and how it affects so many aspects of our body. You can find her on Instagram at myfoodreligion and also Facebook, myfoodreligion. Now, the um, Crap Free Christmas ebook, which I so want, is going to be released next week. So stay tuned to Shan's social media for when that's available. There's also going to be a webinar um, as part of the Crap Free Christmas, as well as some in person workshops if you are in the Brisbane, um, Australia region. So go and check it out. I'm so excited to get some Primal Alternative products to Shan, who's never tasted Primal Alternative before. So this is going to be really exciting to find out what she thinks because I know that she will really tell me if she likes them or not. (laughs) Uh, So eek, fingers crossed. Um, But if you, here we go, if you want to eat well and you can't be beep, to make everything from scratch yourself, then definitely check out the Primal Alternative range. So, I'm the founder of Primal Alternative, and we make going grain free easy because we've got delicious breads, cookies, pastries, wraps, pizza bases, and granola. So, basically, all of your old life bases covered apart from ice cream, right? Um, but you could put a really nice ice cream in our cookies and you'd be happy. And so you've got that loaf of bread that you can eat without feeling khaki doodles. You've got it in the freezer for when you really want a piece of avocado on toast or poached eggs on toast. And with Christmas just around the corner, we also have an amazing mince pie. Now, I do share, this is one of the public recipes that I share, is our fruit mince pies. I know Shan doesn't have a mince pie recipe. So head over to primalalternative.com, download um, or just get, it's on the blog my fruit mince pie recipe, or if you can't be beep, then look at your nearest primal alternative producer with, they're called Listers, So find your nearest Lister to you and order some fruit mince pies made for you. I know you're going to have a really cool crap-free Christmas as well. All right, let's get into the show with Shan and don't forget to check out the Primal Alternative range at primalalternative.com. All right, Shan, so
1: cool to have you here. Let's start with what you had for breakfast. You know what? I used to be someone who was obsessed with breakfast, like it was the reason I got out of bed in the morning. But to be honest, for probably the last couple of years, I don't really do conventional breakfast like i I eat a first meal of the day, but it's not actually at breakfast time, so, Probably about half an hour ago I had my first meal of the day Um, and I actually had some I had a couple of eggs. I had some leftover veggies from dinner last night and I had some carrot sticks with pate. Yeah um,
0: that just sounds incredible. Yeah. better than anything out of a cereal (laughs) box
1: right? Yeah absolutely absolutely. I think um I guess there's so much um, talk around intermittent fasting at the moment and, you know, the benefits of that for longevity and, you know, cell cleanup and all that sort of stuff. And so I think that there is, you know, some really great science out there supporting that. But for me, most of the reason why I stopped eating, you know, breakfast first thing when I woke up in the morning was I actually started to listen to my body and eat intuitively and realize that I'm actually not hungry when Mm -hmm. I wake up first thing in the morning. So why am I shoveling food in? And if I ever do wake up and I feel hungry, I will eat first thing in the morning. But if I'm not hungry, I'll just wait till my body says, you're hungry, and then I eat. Um, But also another reason is I feel like mornings are so busy. Like with a kid, there's just so much, you know, getting school lunches ready, getting them ready for school. She wants to jump on the trampoline or play on the monkey bars (laughs) or, you know, walk the dog, all those sorts of things. I feel like if I was trying to make time for breakfast, I would be hoovering something down really quickly, not chewing my food, not digesting it properly, probably ending up with a gut ache at the end of it. And I just think that goes against everything that I believe in terms of how we should eat. Um, So it just probably wouldn't be a good outcome. So, yeah, so my breakfast isn't at breakfast time, but I do eat a a first meal of the day. (laughs) You do break your fast with something. You know? I do.
0: And it's a really good yeah. point. You know, like there's, there is lots of, you know, um, people who are into intermittent fasting and people who aren't. And it really is like mm. whatever works for you. But I think that sometimes what I've found is you can do intermittent fasting for a while. And the first couple of days you kind of have, you're hungry, but just because you're
1: yeah
0: uh, kind of, I know one of my friends calls it ghost hunger. It's like, oh, your body's used to eating at that time. And it can take a few days yeah. to kind of get back into the cycle again. But yeah, when you wake yes. up and you're full of energy and you don't need to eat anything straight away, it's so liberating because it just frees you up on the morning, like you say. Like I, I, I saw the same here, trying to get two kids out the door, husband off to work, cats need feeding, dishwasher mm. needs emptying. There's loads of messages coming yeah. through, you know, because we're a few hours behind over east so everyone's like you know smashing me with yeah. emails first thing and it's like Ugh. and I find if I eat first thing I'm the same as you, you get a gut ache and then I'm starving mm. by about half nine because, yeah yeah <laughs>
1: it's
0: like what's the point there's no point
1: yeah well yeah care. I mean I di- I definitely have to have coffee first thing in the morning oh, I didn't say uh, I didn't have a coffee <laughs> 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 but I don't actually eat a proper meal um and you know what it is with co- Like I love coffee, but I generally only have one a day. But it's the ritual of coffee, I think, mm. more than anything for me. Like it's not actually even so much the coffee. Like I do love the taste of coffee, but I love just that ritual of having coffee.
0: So how do you make yours? Do you have like a machine that grinds the beans or you do it on yeah. the stove top?
1: No, we've got a We've got a fancy machine that grinds the beans um, and I make my own coconut milk just it's a very complicated method and it was so complicated that I decided I needed to make an Instagram TV video of it just to really help people (laughs) but you get a tin of yam coconut cream and you pour it into a 750 ml glass bottle and then you fill the rest with filtered water and shake it up Uh, and then you have coconut milk (laughs) it is I know Um, I mean I I really should have been a, a real chef um with ideas (laughs) like this but i you know why because i i actually was you know i'd look go to the shops and i'd look for like almond milk or coconut milk and half of them have got you know like fucking two percent almonds or some bullshit like that in them Mm. plus you know thickeners and starches and guar gums and preservatives and all this added sugar and i was like oh i just can i just have something that's just coconut milk can you do that (laughs) <laughs> um yeah so I have Love with coconut milk and then I also put co- collagen in there and I also put some medicinal mushrooms in there as well just for a bit of extra fun
0: magic so it's a 400 gram because I'm going to try this of I am coconut milk
1: no so they do like a two they do a really obscure size it's like a 264 mil or something little tin of coconut cream coconut cream okay and, and then, I mean, you can use other brands of coconut cream, but I find that one the you? very best. And so then I use a seven fifty ml like you know, the like the glass Voss bottles. Yes, I've got one of those too. Yep, yep. <laughs> See, meant to be. And then I just fill the fill the rest with filtered water, shake it up, put it in the fridge. Right,
0: that's going to be mine because just between me and you, and all the lots of people listening, I am drinking <laughs> the crappy almond milk. Um, you know, I used to make my own and then you just go, oh, I'm so sick of squeezing bugs. Oh.
1: <laughs> just Oh, it. absolutely. And you know what as well? You know what really gets me with homemade almond milk? The, all that wasted pulp. It does my head in. I know. Like there's only so much almond pulp you can put in the freezer to add to fucking bliss balls or muffins. It just, I was like, no, this is so wasteful I can't.
0: No, and I always find that, you know, you've squeezed all the goodness. So all that's left is just the pulpy, fibrous crap. And it never works in muffins or anything else, you know. So it's always no, so gone down to 10 for me. So yeah, not to that. And not to squeezing your nuts. Like, come on. <laughs> exactly. With our time. We're oh. changing the world and we, we don't have time to squeeze our nuts. So that's hilarious. Absolutely. And, sort of, and I love... <laughs> Your sense of humor is just <laughs> all the way through your website. I was like, oh, this is going to be a, a hilarious interview. But still on Brekkie, what about mm-hmm. your kids? Like did they wouldn't fast. So what, what sort of things do you knock up for kids for breakfast?
1: So Grace this morning for Brekkie had some blackberries. She had some paleo toast with avocado. She had a boiled egg. Um. What else? Oh, and she had half of a red grapefruit because she's into red grapefruit at the moment. She loves sour things. Mm. Um, So that's what she had for breakfast. But sometimes it'll be like leftover sausages and some like she loves raw veggies. She's not that into cooked veggies but loves raw veggies. So she'll do like cucumber or carrots or like little like baby tomatoes or any of that sort of stuff. She also loves like kraut and, you know, Um, pickled things so like pickled radish or pickled onions that sort of stuff she loves that sort of gear so it's always a savory breakfast um we very rarely do a sweet breakfast we might make pancakes maybe once a month maybe probably not even that often but we would make like a paleo pancakes or something like that but usually it's yeah like dinner leftovers like I, I honestly don't think there is anything such thing as breakfast food lunch food or dinner food there's just food and You know, the only people who decided there was breakfast food was fucking Kellogg's and Uncle Toby's just so they could make a quid. (laughs) Um, So you can really eat whatever the hell you want at whatever time of day you like. Um, But, yeah, G usually has a a very savoury sort of breakfast. You know, she might have a little bit of fruit with it as well. Um, But you know what kids are like? They're fickle. One day she'll love avocado on toast and then the next day she's like, I don't like avocado. Like, you don't. <laughs> I just
0: ignore that. Do you? Because nice. I think if I'd, clo- if I'd like yeah. clocked every time you said, <laughs> I don't like tomatoes, I don't like avocado, I don't like broccoli, I don't like this, there would be nothing to put on your plate. So I just think, all right, well, you're not into that today, you know. Oh, yeah. Grace is an intuitive eater just like mum, you know, and it's like I'm not into avocado yeah. today, I'm you know seeking something else. So I just keep putting the yeah. same stuff on the plate and they can just take what they want. And there's not, none of that kind of like food shame around cleaning yeah. the plate or any reward
1: to get that down you. Yeah. Because that's just yeah. And what weird. Totally agree. And what she also loves is a picnic plate. So she will ask for like a picnic plate for breakfast. So she gets like a little bit of lots of things and then she gets to choose I'm happy with whatever is on your plate, you choose how much, you're going to eat, and you choose if you're going to eat. Um, and if you're not, you're probably going to be real hungry soon, but you can come back and that's still going to be sitting there because I'm not a short order chef and we are not making other things. So it's the same with dinner. This is what we're having for dinner. We're all having the same thing. It's cooked appropriately for the amount of teeth you have in your head. And <laughs> if you, you know, you, you choose what you want to eat off that plate or if you want to eat it all. And if you don't, that's cool. But after we walk the dog after dinner and you come home and tell me that you're hungry, your dinner will still be sitting in the fridge and that is what is on offer tea. There isn't anything else.
0: Wow, I love it. No, it's really good. And I think the other thing with leftovers as well is you can just put them back in the fridge and get them out the next day, pop a you know, a poached egg or a fried egg on top and and then it's breakfast. Like there's everybody sort of thinks oh, that yeah. it's a waste if you don't Eat everything in that one sitting, but it's not. You can just pick the blueberries up, put them back in the packet, and get them out next time. You know, it's um, it doesn't have to be wasteful, or it doesn't have to be like this pressure. So I really dig that, and I want to get more into because I know you're an expert on feeding kids, which is great because (laughs) it's one thing I get asked a lot for. Can you interview somebody? How can I get my kid to eat? You know, (laughs) but yet they're very they're very disciplined in what they're feeding themselves, but for some reason. They kind of, like, shop separately and the kid has, like, this different, like, menu of kids' food. But before we go there, Shan, tell us, like, mm. you can't – I know you've been into this food world for a while, but what got you here?
1: Um, I have always loved cooking. My mum was always a great cook and she made everything from scratch when we were kids. So I'm one of five kids and mum would make everything we had in our lunchbox she would make from scratch. So if we had, like, cookies or muffins or whatever in our lunchbox, it was always – homemade made from scratch so I've always loved cooking um, and I've always kind of been into health and fitness and exercise and all that sort of jazz. Um, I did a PT course when I was a lot younger and used to teach group fitness so I was always sort of in that realm. I did an animal health degree at uni, um, an ag science degree and then worked in animal health pharmaceuticals for about 10 years. Um, So I've always kind of been interested into the science of nutrition and all that sort of jazz, Um, but always just really had a passion for food. And then it must have been about 10 years ago, I think I just uh, probably had my own little health crisis and it wasn't you know to the point where I was so sick I was in hospital, but I was just sick of feeling shitty. I had really bad um, blood sugar control. I had really like massive highs and lows. And it's because I was, you know, following the standard Australian diet. I was eating all the healthy whole grains and eating everything low fat or fat-free, which meant I was just jacked on processed carbohydrates and sugar all the time and couldn't work out why my energy was, like, in the floor and I would be, you know, I'd sit down and have this massive big bowl of, like, Huge big bowl of fruit, and then like no fat yogurt, and mm. inhale it, and then half an hour later, I would be plummeting down off the sugar high that I just put myself on, and starving, ravenous for food. So then I'd go and polish off like a bag of Alan's party mix because it was fat free, um, and then again the the roller coaster begins. So this was kind of while I was at uni, and I was just I was super active. I was doing lots and lots of um, training and exercise. And I was constantly just jacked on processed carbohydrates because I was constantly trying to get that energy back up and it kept crashing down the other side because I was eating absolutely no fat um, because, you know, fat makes you fat and all the rest mm. of it. Oh, yeah. So I got to a point where I just got sick of feeling really shitty and saw a naturopath and had my food allergies tested because I was getting lots of bloating and digestive issues and just, yeah, felt Felt shitty basically um, and so had my food allergies tested, came back allergic to like 50 things which um, we discussed was definitely not a real allergy. It was basically I had a you know, leaky gut or a permeable um, gut layer and all this stuff was basically leaking into my bloodstream. My body's mounting this massive immune attack against all of these things and I'm having a reaction to them. So we worked on a lot of gut healing stuff. I had to take out a lot of the things that I was reacting really, really highly to, so eggs, almonds, um, bananas. There was some stuff in there that was just that was causing me heaps of grief, so we had to take all that stuff out. I think I cut it all out for about six months and then slowly started to reintroduce stuff as I'd healed my gut, um, and that sort of – got me on the path of paleo. It was sort of around that point in time where I had started kind of looking into different ways of eating and I've never been one to kind of like diet, you know, follow any of those sort of crash diets. So I was looking for a lifestyle change that was going to make me feel good. So I sort of discovered paleo. It was really big in the US at that point in time. It was just sort of hitting its straps over there. So there was a lot more information over there. It wasn't really a thing in Australia. And I um, yeah, just sort of started looking into that and thought, you know what, I'm going to give that a try. So sort of started doing paleo and I was pretty hardcore for probably, I think the first three or four years, like do not come near me with a white potato or rice because they are <laughs> the devil's food. And um, yeah, it was, it was pretty hardcore, but I noticed a huge difference in my mood, my energy, like brain fog, digestion, um, just everything, like just noticed a huge change in how I was feeling and realized that I'd just been feeling low level crap for a really long time, but that had become my normal and I didn't really know any better. Um, so yeah, so I started kind of following a paleo template and yeah, just started to feel better. So then I was a convert, um, and then, probably, yeah, after about three or four years, I stopped being such a, a paleomaniac and um, realized that some rice or white potatoes weren't going to kill me. Um, yeah, so that's sort, of, that's sort of where it came from for me. Um, and that was sort of my step into that whole paleo primal, real food lifestyle. And, um, and it just sort of went from there.
0: It's amazing and like our story even down to like the group fitness instructor um thing yeah. it's like it's identical and I know that there's going to be so many, <laughs> there's so many people listening who are like oh my god and me too like I had those things that was my health crisis yeah and that's how I got into it so yeah. time time frame wise you know how far went can, can you remember the year that you turned the big p
1: um oh God, I I don't. So G's six, and it was probably I was probably paleo for about four years before. So it's about ten years. Ten ago. Years. Okay, so ten years. Yeah. Then, so because I know I can see you, you've
0: been around like all the time that I've been on, on my <laughs> journey. You were there before me, right? So, so yeah. what I'd love to know if you could tell us, like, kind of uh, briefly, you've taken this passion for paleo and primal and eating. In a, um, I know I think we all need to be a little bit um, OCD in the start when we're on this healing journey. Mm. Like maybe the the white potatoes and the rice would have been the devil, you know, and I totally relate yeah. how, how shitty it is to have to give up things like eggs. You're like, eggs? But eggs are like everything mm. in paleo is eggs. Like how can I not yeah. eat eggs? You know, like so I totally can relate to all of it. And I love how you, you know, then once you the healing has occurred, you've kind of like loosened your grip on the – on the obsessive part of it. And, and I think that that's, that's the normal journey for a lot of people. But you've taken your passion and reached a point that I refer to as a self-transcendence where you're like, oh, my God, I'm feeling amazing. Everybody else needs to know about this. And then you've created a business, <laughs> My Food Religion, that is out there helping other people. So can you tell us a little bit about getting the balls to do that and how and how you did it?
1: You know what? I was still working full time um, in animal health and I was teaching boxing classes a few times a week at a girlfriend's boxing gym. And I was sharing like just healthy like recipes on our Facebook page for the gym. And everyone was like, oh, you know, they, you know, you know what Facebook's like? As the feed goes, everything just drops to the bottom. They're like, oh, I can't find that recipe for the, you know, apple and cinnamon muffins. And I'm like, not my problem, Barbara. Like, (laughs) sorry. And they're like, can you just put it on a website? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to do things on the web. I don't know how to be on the internet. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know, start a blog. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And I eventually just got bullied into it. So (laughs) I started a blog that I didn't think anyone would read, And probably for a very long time, the three people at the gym who actually wanted to read my recipes probably read it. And then I don't know. I just, I'm not really sure what happened, but people started reading my blog and it just sort of started connecting with people. Um, so then I started doing like one on one kind of cooking workshops with people in their home where I would go into their home. And before that, we would, you know, have a phone consult about what, what it was that they wanted help with. And is it meal prep or do they want me to come and clean out their pantry and then go grocery shopping with them and help them just choose. Some better options, or do you want me to help you fill your freezer with healthy shit that we can put in your kids' lunch boxes? Like, what do you want? And let's do that. And so I go to people's houses and spend a couple of hours there and just help them with whatever it was that they wanted help with. And that worked really well, but it was super labor intensive. It took up so much time, and I could only help one person at a time. Mm-hmm. So Um, but then I think, you know, things like Instagram and Facebook became so much more, um, friendly for the end user. Like you could have videos and you could like save more information and you could link to the blog and you could do all that sort of stuff. So I think then, you know, Instagram and Facebook really started to take off and make things a little bit easier. Um, and then I started running workshops with a girlfriend of mine, Soph, who's a nutritionist. Um, And that was awesome because it meant that instead of me being able to help one person in a two-hour period of time, we could have a workshop with 30 or 40 people there and empower them to be able to go home and create things that were, you know, going to make them feel better. Um, So, yeah, so we've been doing our workshops um, ever since. And, yeah, so I do lots of content and recipe development for different brands online um, and do lots of stuff on my own, and do lots of eBooks and all that sort of stuff, just to try and help people as best I can. If they want to, if they want to, and if they're interested in making some changes. Because to be honest, I have absolutely no interest in preaching to people who have are totally Same. happy <laughs> with the maca's drive-through. Like yeah. that is totally cool. I, I'm not going to judge about it. Probably I'm judging a little bit, but. Um, I've got no interest in banging my head against the wall with those people, but if people do want help or want to try something different or they want to know different ways to just sneak some extra nutrients into their day, you know, without having to eat, you know, kale chips every day because I hear that, you know, that's not the best option. Um, They get a bit boring. So, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that's sort of that's sort of where it started and yeah, so now I do lots of ebooks and lots of workshops um and just lots of online content where I'll do cooking videos and G often loves to get amongst the cooking videos and yeah, it's it's nice to empower her to get in the kitchen but also really nice to be able to just do a quick, you know, less than 15 minute video to show people how we're going to whip up something for school lunches or make something for dinner and show them that You can have maximum nutrition with minimal fucking about and get it done. I love you, Shan. You are like, we are like
0: like peas in a pod. I just absolutely love it. And you know, like I love, you know, bloody Barbara being so fucking annoying and not being able to find the bloody apple and cinnamon uh, muffin. Like I'm really grateful that for those disruptors, like because we all need a Barbara. It's the same for me starting Primal Alternative. You need somebody to go, oh, mm, there's too many carbs in this bread. You'd go, mm, uh, piss off, Barbara. to actually think, okay, well, how can I come up with something else that is what this person wants? We yeah. all need that that push to go out and do it. So here's a big shout-out to the Barbers of the world who've asked irritating <laughs> questions and have launched amazing businesses. Um, and I'm yeah. with you as well. Like I am not here either to, to try and, you know, stands in the supermarket aisles next to the tip top and the helga's bread and say stop yeah don't eat that like i'm yeah we, we're both here to serve people who've reached that inner readiness right they're like oh my god uh yeah. i want to do this but how the hell do i do it and your instagram and your the um the recipes you've got on the blog are just mouth-watering and just everything just looks so amazing <laughs> and i love your videos because they're so bite-sized. You know, you don't have to yeah you know, go through a whole book and go, Oh, what where, where should I start? You can just be inspired with little snippets. So that's really cool. Um have you got any advice for anybody who has reached that same point that you did where they were like, right, okay, I'm gonna go and make a business out of this. And you know, you get a lot of um I don't know anything about the internet, I don't even know what a blog is. How am I gonna do it? Mm-hmm. Have you got any like words of wisdom for people who want to get started in their own business?
1: No, I think you've just got to start. And I think now more than ever, it is so much easier to get out there and get traction and have an audience. Um, But I think the most important thing is to be authentic. And um, because health and wellness influencers or fitness influencers um, are a dime a dozen on the internet. And half of them would say, Whatever they were paid to say by whatever company's paying them to say it. And I think that inauthenticity comes through. And you can tell people are just getting paid to sell some sort of bullshit skinny tea because bullshit skinny tea doesn't work. But they're skinny and some joker's paying them a thousand bucks to say it does. So I think being authentic and being true to who you are because people don't buy. Your brand, they buy you. So people don't, you know, they don't come to my food religion. They come to actually interact with me and my life and what I'm sharing because there's a face behind that brand. There's actually a real person there who has the same shit going on in their life as everybody else, who has just as much 2020 fatigue as everybody else. And has a kid who is sometimes a complete prick and drives them spare and all those sorts of things. So I think finding whatever it is that is authentic and relatable um, and you've got to show people that because there's I think there's a lot of brands who they're just a brand. You don't know the person behind the brand. You don't know anything about what that brand stands for as a human being. Um, and it's hard to relate. Like it's easy to swap. It's easy to swap from a brand to a brand if you have no buy-in to the person behind that brand. So I think for people wanting to create an online business or platform is you've, you've got to have authenticity there. But I also, for me, I really feel like they have to see the face behind that brand. And I think a lot of people don't like to put their face out there or they don't like to be the person behind that brand. But you don't necessarily have to have your face there. Like turn your camera around and show people what you're cooking that day. That works equally as well. They hear your voice. They get your style. They hear your humor. But they get to know you far more than if all of your Instagram feed is just beautiful pictures. That's lovely. Beautiful pictures are lovely. But they tell people nothing about who you are.
0: Oh. Perfect. No, it's such so, it's so true. And influencers, like digital word of mouth, is so much more mm. powerful now, uh, than a brand. Like we're more likely to absolutely what somebody like you says or some somebody like Joe Whitten from Quirky Cookie Cooking says because mm. we know her, we feel like we know her family, like we know Grace. And, you know, it's mm. like whatever you say, um, you have a very strong influence, right? But but I 100% agree if there's an inauthentic collaboration, it sticks out like dog's balls. You're like, no way. This is so obvious. Absolutely. Like you can, it's, so, it's And it's almost like too corporate polished to be like, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. Is this a sponsored thing? Because it's, it's kind of yucking a bit off what you do normally.
1: Yeah. And and I totally think that it is fine to have sponsored content and I think it is completely fine to be paid by a brand to share something um, of theirs but it's got to be something that you would actually use yeah. it's got to be something that you actually think is a good product and something that you would actually pay for um so for me i i only work with brands that are products i have been using for years um or something that you know if it's a new product I will try it for a period of time before I actually agree to work with a brand to see if I actually like it. Will I use it? Because a lot of the times, you know, there's some things, like I just got sent a greens powder and the ingredients are great, the branding is great, the product is great, but I've had it for a month and I've probably taken it twice. So for me, a collaboration with that brand is not authentic. That is not a product that I'm going to use every day, despite the fact that it is a great product product. Mm. I'm not going to use it every day and I can't pretend that I will. So I I just won't work with that brand because that feels really inauthentic to me and it feels icky. Yeah. Well, I just love your
0: integrity. Like, absolutely. Um, you know, and I really like that. And that's how, you know, as somebody who follows you, we're going to really trust what you're telling us because because it's so real and authentic. And when it's real and authentic, you don't have to worry so much about putting your face out there because you're not, like, following yeah. a script or trying to be somebody that you think you should be where you just sort of sort of blend into that beige. Like you said, mm. there's so many health and wellness pages out there. It's like, oh, which one's which? They all seem to have, like, three names, you know, like, live, mm. nourish, it's sleep, you know, like this. They- <laughs> Which one's which? You yeah.
1: know, I've forgotten which one that is. Yeah, that is, it makes. There's sure just some. some there's out. just a bit more tits and ass in some spaces.
0: Well, there's that too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay.
0: So, taking a bit of a um, a right angle turn now. I love your. I'm just going to swear because you've already sworn, so you've set the tone for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> big potty mouth. So I love your. I should have asked before I started swearing. <laughs> it's all right. I just put explicit on everything just in case, and I'll, um, I'll put a little <laughs> pre-warning in the intro that hey, you might want to wear earbuds. And <laughs> kids in the car. <laughs> F bombs. Um, so can't be fucked. Right? Is something? Mm. <laughs> it's a program you've got or an ebook?
1: Is it a program or an ebook? Tell us about. Can't be fucked. It was actually. It was my first ebook. My first ebook I ever did was called CDF Paleo for people who really want to eat well but can't be fucked. Um, and the whole thing is like every recipe is five ingredients or less. Um, salt is not considered an ingredient. Salt is just like a basic necessity of life. It's like swearing, it enhances everything. <laughs> um, but yes, it's all five ingredients or less. So maximum nutrition, minimal fucking about. So just helping people to realize that. Yes, it might be technically a paleo meal, but it also tastes delicious. It's also super easy. There's no weird fucking ingredients like unicorn horns from the Aztec. It's like basic shit that you'll find at your supermarket. Um, And then after that, I did CBF Paleo Kids, um, people who really want to feed their kids well but can't be fucked. Um, And again, that was all like five ingredients or less. So it was all just... And honestly, most of my stuff on my website doesn't have a lot of ingredients. It's all about just using real food and basic stuff because, you know what, I love going to a health food store. Like I love, I love wandering the aisles of a health food store and finding all of these crazy new products and ingredients and really cool stuff. I love that. But also I realize that that is not accessible for a lot of people. And most people after their full day at work with their, you know, kids or animals or family or partners or, you know, all the rest of their commitments, they just want to come home and put something together that they are going to feel, feel good about eating, but also feel good when they eat it and shit that they can pick up from the supermarket on the way home. So that's really where my philosophy around food came in was just creating stuff that, is easy and accessible for everybody, and that your whole family is going to eat as well. Because there's absolutely no point, you know, making some sort of cordon bleu chef extravaganza if you know sixty percent of your household population is going to go and eat like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you've it. just wasted seventy five dollars on ingredients.
0: Oh, I know, and it's so true. And when you first start out and you get your first paleo cookbooks, there's weird ingredients in there. Like I remember going to my health food shop looking mm. for paleo de arco or something. I'm like, like it's tree bark or Mm. something. I'm like, what the fuck do I need to eat that for? Yeah. And really paleo is just meat and veg, meat and veg. That's it. Yeah. And and I love your recipes because they are so simple. They're so easy to source the ingredients. And like you say, they taste good. They're good for you. And people are actually going to eat it, which is, um, well, it's a bonus if you're trying to feed people, if they're actually going to eat it.
1: Absolutely. If you're anything like me, I hate food waste. It just... It's one of the things that grinds my gears. And I think because I really prioritize food quality, so I go out of my way to spend my money on organic produce and meat and the thought of it being wasted just makes me want to like cry. I just, I hate it. So I will always do my best to make sure that whatever it is that I'm cooking is going to be eaten um, because the thought of it just being thrown on the floor in a six year old's rage is just too much for me to handle.
0: Too depressing. I reckon it's just more um, micro. It's more microbes for your gut. Anyway, so I'd pick that up and have that for my lunch tomorrow if that's what happens in my house. My belief, Shan, is there's no such thing as waste. It's actually a song by the yeah. four vegetables. It's a great song. no <laughs> such thing as waste. <laughs> and, you know, we, we're either going to eat it today, we're going to eat it for tomorrow, or we're going to feed it to the chickens or compost it in the garden. And turn it into something yeah so yeah there's lots of different things that we can do so let's get on to kids right mm.
1: kids i little some, buggers aren't they
0: Fussy little buggers <laughs> yeah and like you say some days <laughs> i don't like have a kinder anymore so what can we do mm-hmm. with these fussy little buggers and can you give us some like really like you know like we've talked quite a bit now about you know, philosophies around, right, well, this is what we're all having and you'll be there when you come back. Mm. But what about in terms of actual meals? What can we put on the table that's going to please everybody? Uh, look, a taser
1: might be a great start. <laughs> um <laughs> can just zap them. <laughs> uh, no, look I, uh, look, I believe that would be frowned upon, but only by people who aren't actually parents. Um, I, I think working within what your kids like so I think one of the most integral things to do is you need to start kids early so when they first start eating their first food in my opinion should not be some sort of bullshit fortified rice cereal Mm. it should be some type of vegetables and broths and liver and You know, all of these real foods and I particularly think savoury stuff is the best thing to start your kids with. So, they really develop that savoury palate before they develop that really sweet palate. So, I think starting them really early is going to make your life about 99% easier in the long run. If you, I think also it's really important to remember and I, I understand that this is really hard sometimes because kids can be absolute pricks but you are also the parent. So you're the adult. You're choosing what is going on the plate. And if you're going to put pasta and cheese on the plate and then wonder why they didn't eat the broccoli you put next to it, well, it's because they sat down and ate a bowl of pasta and cheese. Why would they eat the broccoli when there's pasta and cheese? So if you don't really want them to eat pasta and cheese, don't put it on the fucking plate. and. Or create a, different, create a better option. Like let's instead go from, you know, highly refined bullshit white pasta, get some buckwheat pasta and get some really good quality organic cheese and cook your pasta in bone broth so that there's actually some fucking nutrients in there and there's still pasta and cheese and that, that will still get eaten and they will still like it. But how about instead of that being three-quarters of the plate, It's a quarter of the plate and on the rest of the plate we've got some great quality protein and we've got a few different types of veggies cooked in different ways that they can try and they're not going to eat all of it but keep putting it there, keep letting them try it and if they don't like broccoli that's been steamed, cool. Okay, maybe the next day we stir fry it in a little bit of butter or olive oil and a little bit of salt or we make broccoli chips out of it or, you know, uh, you can do different things to get them to try different things and uh, grace is really adventurous with her food because she's always had me say to her you don't have to eat everything on your plate but i really want you to try new things so if i put something on her plate she'll try it and she'll say yeah no i don't really like that i'm like okay no that's cool well done for trying it that's really good i might put exactly the same thing on her plate again three days later and get her to try it again because we know kids have to try things multiple times before they actually like them. Um, But there's really easy ways to sneak nutrients in. So if you're making rice, instead of just cooking your rice in water, cook it in bone broth and you're going to get all those extra nutrients into that rice, cook it the day before and chuck it in the fridge so it gets a chance to cool so you're creating some beautiful resistant starch to act as a prebiotic fiber for all that beautiful gut bacteria. And then you can reheat it again the night that you're going to eat it. But you've turned it into this beautiful resistant starch, which is going to be so much better for their gut. You've cooked it in broth, so there's heaps of nutrients in there. So even if they're just going to eat the rice on their plate, they're getting so much more nutrition. Um, if you've got kids that like guacamole, because most kids will love a bit of love a bit of guac, um, when you make your guacamole, get half a zucchini and blend that up into your guacamole. You cannot taste raw zucchini. You can't see it. It's already green. They won't know what's in there, yet they've just eaten some zucchini. Or the same with pesto. If you've got a kid who loves pesto, you can sneak zucchini in there. You can put spinach in there. You could add kale in there. You can add a little bit of bone broth concentrate in there. And if you've got a kid who's going to happily eat some, you know, like rice crackers or something with pesto, load that pesto with all the goodness. Or if you're going to put that pesto on a pasta, you've just added, you know, six serves of veggies into that pesto, whereas potentially before it just it wasn't that nutrient dense. Um, smoothies, I think, are a really easy way to sneak veggies into kids. So if you're going to make a berry smoothie, just grab a zucchini, peel it, chop it up. Put it in there. There will be no flecks of green. Blend it up. They won't even know. You could do some like cooked and cooled cauliflower. So when cauliflower in season, just steam the whole head, chop it up, chuck it in the freezer in a Ziploc bag and you can pull out a little cauliflower flora and chuck it into the smoothie. It won't smell like fart anymore because it's frozen. They won't taste it. <laughs> and you're not making a cauliflower smoothie. Like you don't want it to taste like cauliflower. You're just adding a little bit of extra nutrients in there As much as you can so that they're getting those little extra bits of nutrition. So, I think it's super easy to just sneak in those little bits of extra stuff and keep offering them the other stuff. You know, keep offering them the raw veggies or the steamed veggies or all that sort of stuff. But I think it's really important to just, everybody has, there's one meal, you know, there's one meal that everybody in the house is going to have presented to them. And it might look in Grace's case, like a picnic plate. She likes everything to be separate on her plate and she likes to have all the options and she'll choose what it is that she feels like that day. But I know that what I put on her plate, I'm 100% happy with every option on that plate. You get to choose how much you eat of it and you get to choose if you eat at all. So I think that sort of thing can really help parents when feeding kids. You just offer them all the same stuff and let them choose what it is that they feel like that day, but there's nothing else. So, in Grace's case, if she doesn't eat her dinner, don't come back asking me for other food, mate. Like, if you were hungry, you, you could have eaten the food that was to dinner. If you've eaten all of your dinner and you come back to me and you're still hungry, cool. What do you want? Do you want an apple with some almond butter on it? Do you want some berries? Like, fill your boots. If you've eaten all your dinner, it's cool. You can have, if you're still hungry, let's have more food. Um, but I think a lot of the time parents will kind of go, oh, you know, we didn't eat dinner. But then the next thing is like, well, kids like, can I have dessert? And then yeah. they're pulling out ice cream or I'm like, Mm-mm, no, I think, that, I think that's, a hang-over. that's not a thing.
0: I think that's a hang up from and a hangover from when they were little and there's that misconception mm. that their bellies need to be full in order for them to sleep. <laughs> like we're just so terrified of hunger, like hunger is the worst thing in the world, you know, and it's like, oh my God, I can't be hungry. And they can't be hungry because then they might not sleep. And then they might wake me up and then I'll be tired the next day for work. And then I'll be a grumpy bitch. And we kind of like spiral Mm. out of control and we're like, eat food. So you have full belly, so sleep, you know, and it's not necessarily Mm. true. Um, so yeah. And just seriously. So you have just given us so many really great Tiny changes that aren't gonna like go. What the hell, mom? What have you done? Everything's changed. You know, it's like a little. little yeah. Like, to be honest, I don't. I'm in a in a not eating rice, rice phase. I go through phases, right? Currently, not no mm. rice, but sometimes I eat it. But yeah. I make it for the rest of the family, and I've got totally yeah. slack. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I haven't been soaking it or cooking it in broth, or you know, putting it in the fridge and warming it up the next day. So I'm like, right, I'll do that because sometimes your kids do like. My, I've got like one sort of fussy eater and one really adventurous one. One was, mm. um, you know, fed the crappy white cereal to start with. And the other one started on a, a lamb chop that she just picked up when, you know, yeah. baby weaning style. And um, and so the the, the difference, like Sam it was the first one on the rice cereal. He has to have everything separate. He's much more fussy. Millie mm. will try everything. I've never had a problem with her. But as she's heading into the tweens, She's just obsessed mm. with garbage. She just wants rice crackers and yeah. rice, um, just rice, <laughs> different and muesli yeah. bars and just all the, like, I'm like, have you eaten anything yeah. today that wasn't beige, you know? So just tweaking yeah. the rice would be a huge
1: difference, yeah. uh, right? Little but I And I think as well just making sure that if that's all she feels like eating is just rice, okay, so we're going to cook it in broth so that we're loading it up with some really great nutrients. And I would also add some healthy fat to that rice. So once it's cooked, I would add a couple of tablespoons of olive oil and stir it all through so that she's actually got something a little more sustaining in there than just carbs. You've got some awesome nutrients from the broth and you've got some really good quality healthy fats in there as well. If all she wants is rice cracker, then you know, try and encourage her to have Avocado on them, or some almond butter, or something that's got some really good quality fat in there, she likes just to help it with that about a satiety. Yeah, butter. perfect. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> perfect, absolutely. But I think you know you got to meet you got to meet kids where they're at. And if you've got a kid who loves banana smoothies, and you turn up the next morning with a green smoothie. You are gonna wear that smoothie. They are gonna mm-hmm. throw that shit all over you and say, Not a fucking chance, Mum. <laughs> but if you stick with that banana smoothie and the first day all you do is, you know, maybe instead of adding banana and honey to the smoothie, we just drop the honey out because bananas are really fucking sweet. So and sweet. we add in a couple of pieces of peeled zucchini that they're not even gonna know is there. And awesome. Move on with life. Move on. And with then, life. you know, yeah and then maybe the next week we might add some almond butter in there or something again to add some more good quality fats in there or whack some collagen in there you know like Mm. get some collagen in that smoothie to add some more extra nutrients in there as well yeah and
0: protein which is really which is awesome i love i'm a big fan of um avocado in smoothies that's yeah my son loves a mango smoothie but he doesn't know that it's full of um coconut oil and coconut milk and cashews yeah. and avocado and collagen yeah. and, and yes there's mangoes in it and all he thinks it's a mango slushy kind of thing um but it's not absolutely ah because ah, he switched yeah. avocado and I have to really sneak it in so he doesn't he doesn't have a clue otherwise yeah, yeah I'd be wearing it too but avocado is great because yeah. it doesn't turn things green which is really no really cool right yeah moving swiftly on because I want it like literally um squeeze as much out of you as possible shan crap free christmas crap free christmas yeah. Right, christmas is just around the corner it and is. it is such a shitty time of the year because people just fall off the wagon big time right you can see it now you know in the wellness space things have got a lot quieter everyone's just thinking about christmas and it's they just kind of go all out and they're on holiday and they don't care anymore and they just eat foods that they normally wouldn't touch but suddenly you know we've Mm. got this um caveat because it's christmas and then they end up with all of the things that they were trying to avoid before like like you had with the low energy and the Mm. bloating and the digestive issues and then the subsequent mood swings and shitty sleep Mm. and family arguments and stuff so Mm. what can we do to not have a crappy christmas and
1: keep it crap free Um, look, so every year, Sophie and I run crap free Christmas workshops where we create all of the Christmas favorites. So we do rumbles and we put rum in them because we're not complete assholes, but we leave out, you know, the condensed milk and all that sort of stuff. Um, so we show you how to make, you know, a pimped up healthy version of a rumble that's actually got some really good quality fats in there. We whack protein in there, and then you're gonna get, you know, some good quality, healthy carbohydrates in there too. We do Christmas pudding with brandy custard. We show people how to make a huge range of dips and salads and things like that that they can take along to a Christmas event that they're going to and know that, you know, even if the whole rest of the nibbles plate is full of like shitty supermarket dips that are full of vegetable oil, you've brought along some sort of beautiful roast pumpkin dip that you can eat that. And everyone else is going to eat it and think it's delicious, but you can eat it and know that it's only got good stuff in there and you're not going to go home feeling shitty. Or you can take along an amazing salad that is loaded with nutrients that looks fancy and tastes great and other people are going to like it, but you can know that if that's the only salad there. You know, isn't going to make you feel shitty, at least you've got something to eat. So, um, we do a crap free Christmas cookbook each year. This year, we're just going to do an ebook and we're doing our workshops. And this year, we're actually going to do an online webinar um, version of our workshop mm-hmm. too, just because Rona's made everybody's life a little bit difficult. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to do an online webinar. Um, but I think when it comes to Christmas, I Personally, I think I've been, you know, eating this way now for such a long time that I actually don't find it difficult. Like I'll look at a loaf of bread and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, same. Yeah. It It doesn't excite me. I think fresh bread smells amazing and I can appreciate that it tastes delicious but it makes me feel really shit and I know that and I've had bread before. I'm like, yeah, I know what that tastes like. I'm cool. So I don't have trouble saying no to those sorts of things. Um, And it's the same with, you know, like pavlova. I know that dairy makes me feel Mm. rat shit. I will be bloated. I'll feel lethargic. I'll probably get constipated or I'll shit Mm. myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then my skin's going to break out like two days later. Like, Not worth it. I, I, I know what pavlova tastes like. We're good here. So Creating options for yourself to take along. So if you're going to a Christmas lunch or Christmas dinner or brunch, take something along that you know you're going to be able to eat and it doesn't have to be fucking kale salad. If you hate kale salad, you know everyone else is going to hate kale salad. (laughs) Create something that is really delicious and it might be a paleo dessert that, you know, isn't going to be something that you would eat every day but you know it's not going to make you feel terrible like eating a pavlova, would it? wood so you know take along something like that so this year we did a passion fruit curd um meringue like like a lemon meringue pie but a passion fruit curd meringue pie so it tastes so good it looks the piece um and, you know, it's not the sort of thing you're going to eat every day as, you know, like a little snack, but it's a perfectly great thing to take along to an event. So I think just making sure that you take along something that you know you can eat, particularly if you're a real sucker for sweets and desserts and you know that you're going to get there and it's going to be a table full of desserts that are all probably going to make you feel shit. Make a dessert that you know tastes delicious and you're going to enjoy so that you can actually indulge in something and not feel like you're missing out. Um, so I think that's probably a key thing, but also don't beat yourself up about it. Like if you go out for Christmas lunch or Christmas dinner somewhere and you eat a whole heap of food that you know is going to make you feel shit in the, in the moment you just think, no, I really want to enjoy this food with the people I'm with just do that. And don't feel bad about it and don't beat yourself up about it because I think half the time that does more damage than the actual food is our mindset around food and if food's bad, I think Mm. just enjoy whatever it is and enjoy that time with the people you want to spend time with and just make sure that the next day when you have your next meal, it's something that is really nutrient-dense. It is something that is going to make you feel really, really nourished and good and it's going to help you get your body feeling back the way you want it to feel because I think what happens is people will, you know, have a a blowout on Christmas Day and then it just sort of sends them into the spiral of, well, fuck it, I might as well just fall headfirst into a tub of Ben & Jerry's now and then that continues until February. Mm -hmm. Um, I think just making sure that if you do eat something that isn't something you would normally eat and I'm not going to say it's a bad food, if it's not something that you would normally eat and you know that it's not really something that's serving you, Um, then make sure your next meal is something that is really nutrient dense it's going to make you feel really really great and then it makes it easier for the thing that comes after that to be a healthy option as well and the thing that is after that so making sure that that first meal after whatever it was that you know was your blowout make that really nutritious and you'll find it much easier to get back to the place where you want to be with your eating and your nutrition
0: I love it. I love your perspective on this. So it's like, go out all out if you want to, but um, don't beat yourself up, get back on track. And here is some other more healthy alternatives and probably taste better. Cause whenever I go to any of these shared dinners, it's just like shit out of a packet, whether it's a quiche or sausage, mm. or, you know, those Sarah Lee desserts. And then, or even if it's, if even if it's a Barbie, it's really poor quality mm. Uh, Sausages usually full of fillers with gluten in that you're not going to eat anyway, right? So if you can take something delicious along um, that you can actually eat, then then bingo. So I love it. So crap-free Christmas. Where can I get my ebook? Because I'm totally wanting to have that passion fruit right now.
1: we should have the book finished by the first week of December so we're just finalizing the final draft of it now so that'll be available um then but yeah if you just stay tuned to my socials I will let everybody know when it is available um all the bookings are open now for the actual workshops that we're running so we've got I think three actual in-store workshops in Brisbane and then um we'll have our online webinar which people can stay in their pajamas, pour themselves a glass of wine and uh, enjoy the Shannon Soap cooking show. Um and they can watch it back so if they actually aren't there to watch the live webinar, it's recorded anyway so they get That's to watch so it. That's so cool.
0: You know, if you're on the afterwards. other side of the country I yeah. yeah. I mean it would take me 15 hours to get to Brisbane, but I can watch the webinar. Yes. And yeah, so there's good things, right, of the Rona like you might not have done that if you hadn't been for the Absolutely. Rona. Silver lining absolutely I'm for those. So two final questions because I know we're – are you all right for time for two quick fire questions? Yeah, go for it. Sweet. All right. So my my first question is, so we've already touched on coffee, right? We know you like coffee. But what about the other two <laughs> kind of like healthy person gray areas, which are alcohol
1: mm-hmm.
0: and chocolate? Mm-hmm. What does Shan think of those two items?
1: I think chocolate is also like salt and it is essential. <laughs> um I I am a massive fan of chocolate, but I like really good quality dark chocolate. So I'm not someone who is ever going to go and buy a block of Cadbury dairy milk. That's just not my jam. Um, I'm like an 80% or more kind of chocolate gal and I don't eat a lot of it. And probably because it's 80%, there's just no way you want to sit down to a block of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I do like chocolate, but I definitely would go with quality over quantity Um, and alcohol, I have never really been a very big drinker. Even when I was at uni and stuff like that, I, I would probably drink a couple of times a year and I'm still a bit like that. Like give me an occasion and I will have a couple of drinks, but I'm just not really someone who's going to drink every weekend. I find it really fucks my sleep up, um, and i really love my sleep so
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i'm i'm not a, i'm not a huge drinker but look i think each to their own if if you are someone who wants to engage in alcohol and it makes you feel good and it doesn't mess with your sleep and it doesn't mess with your hormones and it's allowing you to reach all the other goals in your life that you want to reach and you don't think alcohol is impairing that then look yourself you out. do you boo <laughs> absolutely um but yeah i'm I'm not a huge drinker. I do drink occasionally um but for me, usually so tonight Friday night is um homemade pizza and movie night at home with G so we've we're making pizzas, and I will have probably you know half a glass of red wine, and that'll be that'll be done for me just because I really enjoy a nice red wine um, but yeah, it's definitely not something i'd I'm not a I'm not a big drinker
0: Mm. oh same as you and I love a nice glass of red wine on a Friday
1: very Mm. nice it's
0: got to be good quality and organic and uh in moderation I'm not drinking the whole bottle you know like I did in the past but that didn't really um didn't really work out for me yeah
1: so we've moved on Um, I do love I do love a good margarita though I will (laughs) say that I will yeah I do love a good margarita yeah and my
0: final question is, just thinking of your pizza night as well, have you ever tried mm. anything from the primal alternative range yet?
1: I do not think that I have oh no well we 're going to have to fix that
0: up quickly so okay um, I would love to so i 've got producers in brisbane, so i 'll find out who's nearest to you because all of our foods homemade with love from producers with licensed kitchens to um, to produce our food, so we've got breads, granola, pizzas, cookies, pastry. Oh. What would you? What I've got to send you, to send you some pizzas.
1: <laughs> what else do you want? Well, that would be amazing. Oh, I don't know. Well, you know what? We are always on the hunt for a good um, paleo bread. I we don't eat a lot of bread in this house, um, but I always keep like a loaf in the freezer in well, when case. You want it.
0: Yeah, same, yeah.
1: Yeah, in case I need something to put avocado on that's not just a spoon. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, always on the hunt for a good paleo bread. Um, and, yes, pizza is just an absolute necessity around here. Um, she so G- enjoys making. Would you be
0: wanting low-carb? Is that a, a real preference for you or not? Is it just more if it's paleo? Uh
1: Look, I probably do tend to eat more low-carb just because that feels good for me at the moment, which, you know, may not feel good for me at a certain period of time. But for now, that that I probably would say, um, yeah, I'm more low-carb. Um, but in saying that, Grace will, you know, every now and again have some toast with avocado as well, so I'm certainly not putting her on any sort of low-carb situation. Um, so, yeah. Well, I'll
0: send you a a combo. I'll send you our regular pizza bases, which are so like mainstream. No one even knows they're paleo, right? And I'll also send you a fat and seedy pizza because that's only got four grams of carbs per entire base. And I'll send you some zucchini bread, which Grace will love for her avocado and avocado on toast. And I'll send you either fat and seedy or non-hemp bread which is super low carb it's like under two grams of carbs per slice so i'll send you some of those to try as long as some as well as some cookies because right cookies are cookies and what about mince pies do you like mince pies i'm just thinking of crap free christmases we've got some crap free mince pies too
1: you know what what absolutely hit us up with some mince pie (laughs) i'm i'm super excited i am normally not a mince pie fan but i get people ask me all the time what can we do about mince pies for christmas can you do a mince pie recipe i'm like no because i don't even really like them that much i'm not making a recipe um <laughs> well, just tell them to buy ours <laughs> but to be- exactly but to be able to try one and say yes this tastes legit like a mince pie and yes you should order these so send me some mince pies because i will try them and um then I can actually direct people in that direction. And we'll know for real. I don't have to make a recipe for them. (laughs) Yeah, and we'll know for real
0: if you like them or not because you are as authentic as anything and no bullshit. I love, seriously. And I will. (laughs) Like seriously, never chuckled. Like I've nearly done 100 episodes. (laughs) I don't think I've ever chuckled this much. (laughs) through an interview and i was like stop chuckling it's really annoying when the when the interviewer keeps making a noise like, well, <laughs> this end, right? but I, and i just love your passion you're so fucking real shan it's been such an honor like such a buzz to hang out with you this morning thank you so much for being such an awesome guest
1: oh thanks for having me
0: if you want to learn how to create and sell nutritious honest food help more people, be part of a supportive community, and start your own home business that's in alignment with your highest values, then the Primalista license is for you. Head over to primalalternative.com to find out how this works.